Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. Oh, and I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credentialed media folks who bring you locked on Clippers. When do we bring it to them now? Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Make us your first listen. The season just started. Get prepped on, you know, how to defend yourself against your anti-Clippers coworkers, something we're all used to. But yeah, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m., come hang out. Definitely. It's always a good hang. And kicking off the hang today, uh, we are looking ahead to the Cavaliers. The Eclipse are taking on the Cavs at home the Mm -hmm. night that you're listening to this. So we're going to talk about what we need to do well to win this one, as well as what could go wrong. Give you a couple of key matchups to take a look at. And then it's What You Say Wednesday. Every single Tuesday, we usually put a poll out on Twitter that's at Locked on Clips. We want to know what you think about a given subject. This one is all about which new Clipper has impressed fans the most thus far. Can't wait to get into that one. And then in shavings, which is just kind of where we wrap up everything else going on, uh, the Aqua Caliente Clippers announced their roster today, so we're going to talk about that. Surprising name on there, someone yeah. who did not make an <laughs> NBA team, uh, which I did not see coming. Uh, and also there's some Clippers doing good things stuff. 538 odds have improved for the Clippers, <laughs> so we got to talk about that. Uh, and then there's Chuck wants to dive into the Culture Jam Twitter account, which you know is very pertinent <laughs> Most information of the for this show. Episode is going to be about this. Uh, so all that and more coming up right about now. You are locked on Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, so the Clippers take on the Cavs at Staples. Uh, The Cavs are coming off a win over Denver in which they only allowed 87 points, which is pretty impressive. No Marcus Morris for the Clippers, it was announced. Got to assume we're going to see Batum in the starting lineup again, which, I don't know, How do you? I feel pretty good about that. I feel great about it, man. Uh, We were talking a little bit about this, and it's foolish to think that this team would be better off without Marcus Morris because that's just incorrect. Sure. Uh, but the team does seem to be functioning without Marcus Morris at his peak. You know what I mean? Because when, yeah, when, when, when he's have, out there, he's not uh, he's not 100% healthy, so it's like, yeah, it's not yeah. good. When you have a Marcus Morris who is, you know, dealing with, with knee soreness, dealing with, you know, being in the shape that he wants to be in game-wise, um, you know, his defense takes a step back. Yes, uh, it does. I think it was Dr. Shap of uh, the Law of the Jam was bringing up Shout that out Dr. Uh, Shap, guys were getting some nice stuff for their highlight reels on on Morris <laughs> uh, through games one and two, uh, which is definitely true. And also, like his offense, the, the shooting is going to struggle. Um, yeah. And you know, uh, we hope for a safe and speedy return for him. But if mm-hmm. he's not at a hundred percent, Batum is to me, like head and shoulders, the best option of, of anyone else on this team. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Let's get into what we need to do well. Uh, we're going to talk about some of this in the key matchups, but Ty Lue needs to make the right call when to go small. I am too, right? Yeah, we don't really know how this team is going to play against the Warriors. We thought they were going to go big because the Warriors were small, but they just went small. Um, not really sure who's going to be the first sub in this game. We saw Hartenstein be the first sub um, against... Uh, the Blazers, which is kind of interesting. And the Cavs play a big-ass starting 3-4-5. It's three basically seven-footers. Um, so maybe we'll see Ty bring in Justice for Zoo if we want to see something go really weird with the small ball lineups. Either way, I think we're going to try and run the Cavs around the court when they have their big guys out there. I just hope it's at the right time and is effective. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is like kind of a great existential question for the Clippers as far as going <laughs> small. I mean, because like it, it changes a little bit when you don't have both of Morris and Batum in the lineup. Yeah, or like you, Kawhi you, to be out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You you lose a little bit of flexibility there. And to my eye, like how good things have looked when Hartenstein mm-hmm. is on the floor, the way that the ball is moving and everything. I'm not really seeing a lot of advantages to to going small unless you really think you can run a bigger team off the floor. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, um, what else we got a new well? Makes open threes or just some threes in <laughs> yeah, general. Hell yeah. <laughs> the Cavs are a team that really struggles with outside shooting. They take the third fewest three-point attempts in the NBA. They're taking about 31 a game. Look, it's a, it's a small sample size so far, but these numbers are not far off from where they were last season. They're also bottom four in efficiency on those three-point attempts, shooting around 30%. Uh, and the Clippers, you know, interestingly enough, they've actually increased their three-point volume from last season. We're taking nearly 41 a game, uh, which is, in terms of uh, quantity, top 10 in the NBA. Yeah. And only one attempt per game outside of top five in the NBA. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> the, the efficiency, just it, it hasn't been there for the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, they're shooting 34% as a team, which is in the bottom half of the league. Once again, small sample size. Take it with a grain of salt. Take it as you will. But, I, I mean, they we saw the numbers, uh, the efficiency, everyone other than Luke Kennard uh, actively contributed to that number getting worse uh, in the game <laughs> against the Trailblazers. So we got to hit those shots. We, we got to hit those shots. It's our best, I, I think, uh, it's one of our best opportunities to carve out a, a heady lead. For sure. Um, we got to continue to take care of the ball. Outside of the Portland game, the Clippers have done a great job at not turning the ball over. We're sitting at 10 a game, which would be a miracle to keep going for the entire season, obviously. But any And home- it's what, seven a game, though, if you if you can wipe yeah. that Portland game, right? <laughs> yeah, and any home game, we just got to hope the Clippers can take care of the ball. This is a really important stretch on the schedule. We can't be sloppy at home with this kind of stuff. Because um, last season, I think the Cavs were number one in points off of turnovers. Uh, like, they got a pretty large percentage of yes. their points from clogging up the middle and forcing turnovers. So we can't see any of these, you know, like what the F passes from Paul George and stuff like that. So we got to take care of the ball. And let's get into what could go wrong. We talked about the three-point shooting, and this is just an evergreen what could go wrong. Someone other than Paul George doesn't chip in 18-plus points. Like we can copy and paste this for every game preview that we do. Paul George is going to get blitzed. Um, they're a defensive team. They hang their hat on being – a gritty team that like does the dirty work and stuff like that over there in Cleveland. So we need either Kennard to hit from three or Reggie to find his way out of the slump that he got into last game. But someone needs to score 18 plus points and PG's passing needs to be on point. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I also don't want to see a bunch of uh, turnovers on the inbounds pass. <laughs> Dude, what was that? That was so <laughs> insane. That was some, That was like truly some of the worst I've seen the Clippers look in that game against Portland. Yeah. Uh, another thing that could go wrong is if we're not really bringing intensity on the, on the glass mm-hmm. and we're allowing this Cleveland team extra possessions, especially with the size that they have. Yes. <laughs> look, I keep talking about the eye test on these guys, but like I thought rebounding, especially in the Portland game, looked pretty good to me for for Hartenstein and Zoo. Yeah, uh, we've also on the rebounding side been getting nice contributions from Bledsoe, Paul George, and Terrence Mann. But despite that, through three games, we are a bottom three defensive rebounding team in terms of total defensive rebounds. We're below average in defensive rebound percentage as Oof. well. 
And this is one of those areas that like it needs to get cleaned up. You you just can't when you're already down, guys. Health yeah. is very tenuous for this team. <laughs> every like e- every extra 14 seconds that you have to defend uh, it is, adds up. It, it just does. It, it it adds up over the course of a season. That's uh, a good call. So it's something that we definitely need to improve. Another thing that could go wrong is. If we allow the Cavs into sort of the spots where they're comfortable, they like the mid-range. Uh, I, I absolutely you know, love the mid-range. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think everyone probably remembers when we faced them last season. And we gave up the shot portfolio that we normally give up, which is, you know, we try to hound teams uh, sort of off the perimeter, let them kind of settle into those, uh, settle for those less than statistically ideal shots. Yeah. Uh, but the Cavs absolutely ate last time. Colin Sexton. So many floaters. Uh, it was had a so great, crazy. <laughs> yeah, he had a great game, and we, and we had to uh, we had to adjust a bit. And you know, also uh, the 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 law of averages did even out in our favor. So maybe we could yeah. see that happen again. Yeah, and like we said, they take the second least amount of threes in the league right now. So we need to be prepared for the mid range. Like it's 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 going to be interesting to see what happens. Let's get into key matchups and why it's going to be interesting is the Clippers front court versus the Cavs size. Uh, yeah. The Cavs started Mobley, Markkinen, and Jared Allen versus Denver, which is two seven footers, and then Jared Allen, who's listed at six eleven. But I how don't is he the that. shortest of these I three? Don't that makes know. no damn it sense. Makes to no me. sense. So, I mean, Batum, PG, and Zoo are going to have to start really well ball movement wise on the offensive end. Like, get these guys moving around, right? Like, you need to try and get the seven footers moving around on the perimeter, um, and defensively. We need to be ready for the most physical game of the year so far, just based on this pure size. Like, it's it's going to be a lot. And then you look at their backcourt, like, Bledsoe and Reggie have their hands full with Colin Sexton and Garland. Like, this Uh-oh, is yeah. – Garland's handing out nine assists per game, so, like, the ball denial has to be real. This is a tougher – am I crazy to think that this starting five with the Cavs' size and kind of like this stretch that Garland's on with assists is a worse matchup than the Blazers were? Well – you're not wrong necessarily. Like I, I think the Blazers have more top end talent for sure. Absolutely. But the, the the Blazers team is, you know, we talked about it on yesterday's episode with Pavi, but like they've been doing the same thing for so long. Like the, <laughs> yeah. they're just so well scouted that the Clippers have pretty much figured that one out. All right. So this is actually kind of like a defensive assignment that I'm excited for for Bledsoe. Um, yeah. yeah, taking on taking on both of these guys who are, you know, sort of have similar games where they're, you know, going to try to collapse a defense. They're high, like they're, you know, high IQ kind of passers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, that, uh, that's the kind of thing that gets me excited to, to really, you know, gauge where uh, Bledsoe's defense is at, which has looked good through three games. Definitely. Uh, but I'm, I'm, it's going to be one of those things that is going to be important to carry this team throughout the season. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, what else we got in matchups? Uh, so I'm going to be watching both Bledsoe and Reggie versus their shot selection. Uh, <laughs> yes. Look, I, I mean, I I have sung Bledsoe's praises, I feel like, on this podcast. Sure. I am a fan, like, aesthetically. A uh, I'm a bloodhead. I'm a fan aesthetically <laughs> of, like, the way the offense looks with him on the floor. Um, anytime he's in the paint, love. Anytime he's shooting anywhere else, hate. Uh, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I I, I want to see him taking smarter shots. If he like, I don't know. I I personally don't need to ever see him attempt a three like a three pointer on this team. Yeah, um, I'm fine but with if that. if the attempts are as low as two, fine. Anything more than that, 
what the hell are we doing? And then Reggie, look, Reggie can hit some fu shots. It's you know, Absolutely. like it's 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 what he does. It's why mm-hmm. we love him. Uh, the thing is, is just being cognizant of the shot clock and trying to make the best play that's that's on the floor. Because yeah. the thing is, like with no Kawhi, look, Reggie's going to be a little bit more under the microscope, and we know that he can oh, score. Yeah. Good call. Can he make the smartest play on the floor? Uh, and and that's going to be huge too towards towards like moving forward. Uh, and then I, I just got one more, and this is kind of um, this is kind of a, a dually, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> and it's 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 Paul George versus the weight on his shoulders plus. Oh God, yeah. The bench versus is this for real? Because through three games, I've really loved what we've seen and gotten out of this bench on both ends of the floor. I think it's been pleasantly uh, surprising for most people to see how good the bench has looked. Yes, yes. And like, it shouldn't be a surprise. Like, we know the team has the depth. That's mm-hmm. not the question, right? It's about like, is the talent, the top of the talent that's on your bench enough to contend on a night in, night out basis? And, and they're so looking far, at maybe the Ricky Rubio and Kevin Love. Like going against in a bench unit. Like, I'm a little worried about Kevin Love turning this into a meme game where he puts up like 22 and seven. And it's like, of course he does this against the Clippers. And Rubio is going to be shifty. Maybe they even, like, I don't know what Rubio's staggering is going to look like, but the Clippers have problems with point guards who can kind of have a little wiggle and make things happen. So, this is going to be a tough game, I think. Um, I think we're in, for, I was talking with Tomer uh, before the, the Blazers game. And I think most of the time this year, the Clippers games are going to be, well, we're going to see how, what happens because predicting it might be a little difficult. Um, you think the Clippers take this one home? You think we get two in a row? Uh, in my mind, we have to. All right, coming up, we're going to be doing a watch say Wednesday, talking about uh, Clippers fans voting on their favorite new Clipper. But first we got to give a shout out to sweat block. Uh, you know, sometimes you just sweat too much and it's not fun. Uh, can be embarrassing. You may know someone who's dealt with this and it can be difficult. Listen, I know that this isn't, you know, the the biggest issue in the world. There are much worse problems. But let's be honest, in the moment, it feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech interview or first date. Heaven forbid. I'd I'd rather not worry about it. That's why people use sweat block antiperspirant wipes. It's stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime. Go to bed. Next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. No more pitting out. No more picking shirts based on which will hide your sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out SweatBlock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKEDON or for full price at Amazon and CBS. All right. So we're back, and it's What You Say Wednesday. Oh, yeah. We want to know who, through our very limited sample size, <laughs> which we do love on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Which new Clipper has impressed you the most so far? Uh, why don't you run down our options and, and let me know what the people <laughs> thought, Charles. So the option, and we know there's rookies and stuff like that, but we took the three most you know, who've had some real playing time. We have Isaiah Hartenstein, Eric Bledsoe, and Justice Winslow as the three options. And I don't want to spoil it, but Justice Winslow got 2% of the vote, so he's firmly uh, in third out. place. He's out. Uh, well, thank you to everyone who voted for this, by the way. First place... Isaiah Hartenstein with 49.7% of the vote. Eric Bledsoe, 47.8% of the vote. So if this were an election, they would probably, you know, maybe Bledsoe could challenge for a recount or something like that. But where would you have voted in this poll? Also, I feel for Justice Winslow. He looked pretty good against the Blazers, but I do kind of understand the 2.5% vote. So, I mean, it's interesting to think about because it's... (laughs) 
I, I think that I had an expectation a- attached to Bledsoe, and to very me, very much so. Yeah, he's lived up to expectations for sure. I, I don't want to say that, um, but Hartenstein was someone to me who, you know, no expectation. Like I, I knew so little about this player for sure. You know, yeah, com- that's a good coming call. into training camp. It was you know like it outside of like Twitter and a, and, a, and a couple of highlights that I saw. Like I really didn't know much about this player. Yeah. And so f- I would have to say Hartenstein just because, uh, you know, I wasn't sure if he could even be a rotation guy. Like, yeah, yes, unknown the, quantity. Yeah, that's yes. helping him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, the skills uh, certainly appeared to be there when we saw him through the preseason. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it wasn't against NBA level talent. Uh, and I've loved the way the second unit has looked when he's out there. He moves around. The ball's whipping around like it looks good. Uh, so that has been impressive to me that we have a guy who is, I mean, arguing for a spot in the rotation once surge returns. And I, I, I gotta Mm. be honest, I was not expecting that I had, you know, like the, the the expectations were so low for what a third center would have to be. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was Patrick Patterson last year. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So like, I would have to say that of, of these three, Hartenstein has impressed me the most. And I feel bad for Winslow because he's fighting an uphill battle with me, and he has looked better. Uh, I don't, I don't the know if there's there any. For Winslow, yeah, I, to I really don't know if impress people. I don't know if there's anything he could do realistically that I would yeah. be like, oh yes, I am the impressed with what Winslow is doing. What if he bought you a hot dog outside the stadium? Okay, all right. Well, you know, <laughs> that's a different game. <laughs> so the thing with Hartenstein that is great because we've heard Ty Lu talk about the Canard Man Hartenstein three kind of being in better condition than a lot of the other starters, and I think that's really helped them look good. Like they look like they're in the best shape of kind of anyone on the court when they're out there. Mm, PG's in great shape, dude. Well, sure, but you know what I'm saying. Like as other than the superstar on the team, um, Hart Man Canard got the shout out from Ty Lu. The canard heart connection is great. Like Hartenstein was joking about how like he tries to pass it to other people, but when he's out there with Canard, he can just see Canard, and Canard's been looking for the ball more, so it's helped out a lot. But I think I have so like Hartenstein, the surprise factor, love it. It's fantastic. I think I gotta go Bledsoe on this one. Love it. Mostly because the defense has been great. I'm a lit like the offense. Just stop shooting threes. Like we've had a couple people. I'm like AR Greenscale said, just stop early clock threes. Like that's that's my big knock. What Bledsoe has to do is a lot more intense than what Hartenstein has to do. Like he just slotted in into this team, and now he's in a starting lineup that's getting shuffled. Like now he's he's in full Clippers basketball, where we have a new starting lineup already this early into the season. Um, and he's just kind of been plug and play, right? Like the offenses look good. Um, the defense really helps out, and. Remains to be seen what's going to happen with kind of, you know, the staggering and how Ty Lue handles that here on out because sometimes Reggie looks great out there, you know, with the subs like they did against Portland in the end of that first quarter. Sometimes we need the the Bledsoe defense. But, yeah, AR Greenscales also said Bledsoe gets the nod here since he appears to uh, be bought in and back to form from a few years ago. Bledsoe looking like he wants to be here is fantastic. Like that is the biggest thing for the Clippers. Um, so I think I got to go Bledsoe, but I think I'm honestly as close as this vote was, right? Like, I think I'm only leaning like 2% towards Bledsoe. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, I just had expectations for Bledsoe, which, you know, correct or incorrect. 
Um, and he's met them. Yeah, I don't think he's exceeded. Oh, oh people's yeah, I'm expectations. not saying that he's not exceeding. Uh, it's just a little bit harder to be surprised if you have expectations, right? Yeah, that's a super good call. Um, Bleak Griffin says has to be Hartenstein. Bled has played well, but nothing that I wasn't expecting. He is what he is. Wenzo, I think, can develop into a useful piece, but he hasn't been overly impressive. Hartenstein has made an impact every time he's on the floor, regular and preseason. Um, AR Greenscale said he would have voted for Hartenstein, but he's got to reduce the fouls first, which... Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. You're, you're not going to get time if you're going to foul people. That's kind of the one thing holding Hartenstein back right now. Is, is how long fouls. can he stay on the floor? Yeah. Uh, yeah but, like, but like Pavi said, if you're the third center, you're not expecting to play... <laughs> 20 minutes or whatever. So, like, you do use some of the fouls a bit. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's definitely, like, in your mentality of sort of, like, the role you've been asked to fill in the Mm -hmm. past. Um, And he's going to, I mean, from what we've seen so far, he's going to be playing more regular, longer stints uh, than he has up to this point in his career. So, I, I agree. The fouls, like, if he's not available on the floor... He can't be that impressive. Then Winslow uh, gets then Winslow gets the nod, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, but uh, y- you know, like it is one of those things that it does make sense to me why that's going to take some time to sure. sort of to, to sort of figure out. And if he can figure that out, and it's going to be so viable of Hartenstein when Serge is getting back to ramping up, because I can't imagine that when Serge comes back, he's going to be like ready to play thirty minutes a game or whatever or whatever it is. Agreed. Harten- yeah. Hartenstein being able to stay on the court is going to be really valuable for Serge's recovery. Um, Definitely for the Clippers. So, yeah, I mean, hey, it's pretty nice that kind of all three of these guys have been at worst exactly what we expected. Yes. Right. (laughs) Like none of them. Like it's not like Bledsoe's coming and just sucked and like Hartenstein can't do anything like they've looked what we kind of thought they were going to look like, which is great. Um, Yeah. Shout out to Justice Winslow. We'll do this poll again in, in another three games and see where it's at. But. It might not change very much. Um, let us know which new Clipper you think. We also didn't leave Brandon Boston on here because we didn't want him to get 100% of the vote. Uh, coming up in shavings, whole mess of stuff. Talking Clippers doing good things, the Agua Caliente roster, uh, and then the Culture Jam Twitter account. But first, Will, protein bars, which one do you prefer? I definitely prefer Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. But did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's Mm. something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're missing out. They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. Ooh, yummy. You want to know what my favorite flavor is? Mm. I got to go cookies and cream. It's it's classic, it's tasty, it's a good time. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, though, they're also healthy. Check out these macros. Each bar features 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Whoa. Pretty neat, huh? That's cool. Uh, and we have a very special offer for our listeners right now. If you go to Built.com and use promo code Locked On, you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code Locked On for 15% off at Built.com. All right. Welcome to Shavings. Hey, hey we're in Shavings. Hey, it's Shavings. Um, Liz, we just do this every episode. We just kind of get into random stuff going on around the Clippers. The Agua Caliente Clippers announced their roster today. 
some normal names on there. You got Jay Scrub. Um, you got stuff like that. But a surprise addition, Harry Giles is on there as just a pure, uh, not a two-way contract. This is kind of surprising, right? Like I was not thinking he would be on ACC. Yeah, I I agree. And he didn't fit with the Clippers like in the preseason um, as as well as as well as Hart did. Uh, Hart's also like communication on defense and sort of some more of the intangibles. I think we're we're also part of the decision, you know. Sure. Um, I gotta Youth be honest and, though. Like availability, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I I gotta be honest though. I did not think we'd be looking at Harry Giles not on any NBA team. Um, yeah, this year. And it kind of begs the question, like, why the ACC Clippers? I, I just you I, just mean you mean because of location or what? Yeah, just why the ACC Clippers? Um, maybe there's going to be some weird coaching thing where they try and make I don't know, but like it just seems like an odd choice. I mean, I'm happy for the rest of the ACC Clippers to play against the guy and with the guy who's such a good passer and stuff like that and really does know the game. But I hope he has a good season. It's going to be. It's just kind of odd, but not in a bad way. You're just kind of a head scratcher. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, maybe he's just hoping to do some numbers and at the trade deadline or, or something, maybe he could get picked up. I, I don't really know how that would how that would necessarily work out. But yeah. I, I, I would say I am surprised. I, I didn't think that we would be looking at him not on any roster. Yeah, exa- yeah, it's it, it's odd. Um, hope he can play well. Hope he can find a spot. Um Clippers are going to be doing some good things this Saturday, which is great. On October 30th, the LA Clippers Foundation and Planet Fitness will distribute food to a thousand families at the uh, the old forum down there. Uh, in attendance is going to be Brandon Boston Jr., Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson, Keon Johnson, and the Vita Zubats. Way to go, Clips. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. It's going to be fantastic. Um, also, Keon Johnson, questionable for the game against the Cavs with that illness. Huh. What is up, man? Yeah, that's a that's a weird illness. Can we get some doctors to help him out? Like, is are they just like giving him soup and being like, "You're gonna be fine"? Like, is there any medicine actually being given to Keon Johnson? He, uh, yeah, he, he refuses it. Yeah, yeah, he's like, "I will not take ibuprofen." Um, but all this is good things. We hope to see more of this from the Clippers. I did the backpacks. Um, I mean, that was last year, maybe the year before. But you always like to see the uh, a giant organization with a bunch of money do good stuff like the Clippers are doing. Yes. Um, but how dare they do it at the forum? I'm, I'm sure there'll be people who are upset about this. Yeah, I hope it doesn't freaking cave in on all those families. <laughs> yeah. Um, we got some more wacky 538 odds. Um, 538 has the Clippers with the third best chance to win the finals, but Love just the, the fifth best to make the playoffs. Um, I mean, this is kind of in line with how the Clippers play basketball, but... Does it also kind of seem like complete bullshit? I don't mean. So, I don't know how else to say it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the thing is, is that it's like based on projections that are based on players, you know, performances, Raptor. and yeah, yeah it's, it's like a very complex system. Really awesome players rotating. Is that what it stands for? <laughs> um, it, so it is kind of like an interesting system, and definitely one of those things to take with a grain of salt. I've said it on this podcast before, but like. 538 is my confirmation bias hub. I go there. I see they have good odds for the Clippers. I say, yes, this is a smart site. The math works. Geniuses over there at 538. Uh, I go to it and they say the Clippers are not going to do well. And I say, calculators do not know hoops and they never will. (laughs) Yeah, how's a calculator going to pass a basketball? Doesn't even have Uh, arms. (laughs) But like, I, I, I do think that there is something to be said that like, 
Like the finals odds, if this I, team, I guess those make sense. If this team finds themselves like in, say, a 4-5 or, or like a, a real favorable matchup yeah. in the first round of the playoffs, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty understandable to think with the talent on this team and the top-level talent um, that that increases their odds, you know, much, sure. much higher than you would want to bet on an 82-game season. Like, I, yeah. I can under, I can do, the, like, the mental mathematics to, to get around that. Um, but, yeah, TBD. TBD. Real, real hoopers use mental mathematics, not real mathematics. Uh, <laughs> and plus, you know, once Kawhi comes back, those odds will probably skyrocket. Um, and then just the last thing, this is a conspiracy theory that I have no evidence for this. I think Kawhi Leonard is running the Culture Jam Twitter account. Why? Okay, so present your findings. Like There's a, not a lot of findings. Um, I tweeted out uh, from the lockdown account because like it's replying to a bunch of Clippers stuff like like it replied to like a PG picture it was like oh like always brings it or something like that and the humor style is very dry it's very it's not like a normal like brand account if that makes sense like it's not like trying to, to do weird memes or anything like that it's generally just kind of normally replying to clippers related stuff yeah so i tweeted out from the lockdown account i was like it would be like i hope that it's just Kawhi running the culture jam account culture jam account replied and said us too and then like it it just i would love it and it would be in line with Kawhi's relaxed yet very busy and somehow in a bunch of different areas of culture off season well regular season i guess i agree uh, the court acknowledges these findings. <laughs> They'll consider them further. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta figure it out somehow. Um, I just imagine he just picks it up when he's like maybe doing some bike rehab with the knee or something, and he has yeah. some downtime. I don't think he's committing a bunch of time to this, obviously, because he's Kawhi Leonard. But and maybe just shoot off a couple of tweets. You know, grab the culture jet passwords. Probably, you know, Kawhi Leonard uh, hoverboard one when he used to when he used to have those hoverboards <laughs> with the hand logo on it. Um, do you think they'll ever deactivate Kawhi's Twitter account? No. How is that thing still going? No, why would you? It's cold. It'd be funny if it just they just took away the verification. That that would be funny. <laughs> They're, They're like, like hey, it, hey man, you have to at least update the banner to your current team. <laughs> right. Or you're gonna lose your verification. Isn't it that deep fried pick of him with Obama? Because I'm pretty sure that's still on his Twitter of is like it? The pick. I'm gonna look at I have to look at it right now. <laughs> that picture is I mean, it would. I'm sure someone will put it on a, uh, a Spurs T-shirt at some point. Um, is there an insane chance that we see Harden signing Zoo share the no, floor? No, it's not deep fried. It's the it's the uh, the finals picture of oh, the okay. of the Spurs. But the deep fried Obama picture is on there. I believe you. He has like seven tweets. Um, he just like put it into like a meme heater, and it's like it's so funny. Oh yeah, uh, and the caption is one of my greatest experiences. Yeah, yeah, it's a great pick, but it's just funny that it's like <laughs> just truly um, like a, an evil version of a meme. Um, and he only has four tweets, actually. Damn, one of them is the hoverboard, one of them is the Obama pick, and then one's I don't know, probably HEB or something. Um, one, one is him golfing at Top Golf. Dude, what a twi- what a perfect Twitter account. What more do you need? That's what um, I'm saying. That's why it'll never get deactivated. <laughs> it's too wholesome. It's the um, perfect embodiment of Kawhi. <laughs> it really is. Uh, it'd be funny if he's not even following Culture Jam from his personal account. If he's not, he's confirmed running the Culture Jam account. Um, <laughs> anything else uh, in shavings? No. No, I don't think so. 
I think we're good too. I also think there's a sneaking is what are the chances we see Hartenstein and Zoo share on the floor against the gigantic calves? Low? None. None? All right. People None. on Twitter are talking about it. I want to see Surge, Zoo, and Hartenstein together when everyone's healthy. <laughs> Start Winslow and Terrence. Yeah, let's do Man. that. You got three bigs. When we meet the Cavs in the finals, we're going to need to combat their size. Um, th- <laughs> Thursday's episode, recap of this Clipper vs. Cavs game. A Thirsty Thursday, you know, talking about what we want to see more of in this young season. And, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland. Will, I believe people can listen to us Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Kill some windshield time. Make us your first listen. But where can they listen to us? So you can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. Uh, you can uh, you can also listen to us on, you know, f- just big fan pods, which is yeah, big fan pods. mostly fan marketing materials. But, big natural uh, fan pods. Yeah, but they're also fans of the Clippers, so I don't know. It's it's weird, but it's good. We'll take uh, it. If you wanted to help the show out, you could give us a rating or review over on iTunes or the podcast app, regardless of where you listen. really helps us out. And uh, yeah, look, the season is in full swing. And we can't, you know, we can't wait to bring you this Clippers news. Yes, we are fully back. Thank y'all so much for listening again Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Unless something crazy happens on the weekends, we'll come at you then too. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you.